Welcome to Mocktails and Masterpieces with the Indianapolis Chamber Orchestra. Today's episode is sponsored by Anthony Team Realty. The upcoming episode was originally recorded in October of 2021. Hello, I'm Dana Stone, the Executive Director of the Indianapolis Chamber Orchestra, and I have with me today Richard Lynn, who is our guest soloist for our upcoming concert on November 20th, celebrating Mother Earth. Uh, Richard, why don't you let everyone know a little bit about yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Richard Lin. I'm a violinist. Um, I am originally born in Phoenix, but I grew up in Taiwan, um, where my family is. And I moved back to the States when I was uh, about 16, went to the Curtis Institute of Music for my undergrad, and then I graduated. And then I went to the Juilliard School for my master's. And um, now I'm playing solo and also I play with the Lincoln Center Chamber Music Society as a chamber music uh, musician too. Wonderful. Well, and if you'd like to know a little bit more about Richard, he was so kind as to fill out actually a blog style interview that's available on our website, icomusic.org. Um, so as you probably are aware, if you're coming to this concert or watching this video, we are presenting Vivaldi's Four Seasons, which is one of the quintessentially most popular uh, pieces for violin. And of course, Richard will be joining us as the soloist on that. So you've obviously played this piece a number of times. Um, and this particular collaboration is somewhat um, many years in the making, thanks to a pandemic. So can you tell us about um, a little bit about kind of the preparation process for a piece you know probably quite well? and also the, the long time span it took us to make this, this production happen. Right, if I don't remember it wrong, um, my last concert was supposed to be this concert, like right before the pandemic outbreak mm -hmm. and everything shut down. So I still remember I was in the exact same place because I'm staying with the host family, which also hosted me during my uh, Indianapolis competition. And, um, remember I was here and then the day before the rehearsal started my manager called me and told me that told me that the concert was canceled and starting from that point everything was canceled and oh my goodness so then I, I didn't play any concert until um in late July I went back to Taiwan which is already three or four months after the whole shutdown and um I don't know if you know um Taiwan has been doing a great job uh, regarding controlling the, the pandemic. Okay. And so um, we were able to do almost normal live concert, but just with everybody with masks. Okay. And so actually I play a couple concerts every month in Taiwan, you know, because all the foreigner artists cannot go into Taiwan because of the pandemic. So they had to um, ask all these Taiwanese musicians if they can step up for the musicians. So I actually played a lot of concerts during this pandemic where the world was shutting down. But, you know, in Taiwan, we actually uh, had a chance to play concerts. Um, so I, I always feel very lucky because I saw a lot of friends struggling, uh, no matter uh, musician from the orchestras or, you know, chamber music musicians or or the soloists, they, they all had to uh, stop for, for quite a long time. Sure. Um, 
But anyways, now the fourth season is coming back, and I'm really looking forward to playing it. As you all know, that this is a very famous, popular song, a popular piece by Vivaldi, and it's actually one of the first concerti that I started to learn when I was little, and it used to be one of my favorites. I mean, it still is my favorite, but you know, when I was little, because mm-hmm. I started the violin, and then um, it's actually one of the first concerto that I learned. Because you know, as a kid, you always want to, you know, play with the orchestra, and that, that was always my dream. And then um, I remember when I was about high school, I my first experience playing the spring and summer concerto with an orchestra. Was in high school. I, I played with my high school orchestra. It was a memorable experience, of course. And as time goes on, you know, I I listen to a lot of music and I read a lot of stuffs about this piece. So I found out that um, in a lot of baroque writing, there's actually a lot of freedoms, like um, you know, in, improvisation and also ornamentation. You can play, especially in the slow movement. So. Uh, for the fourth season this time, I add a little, a lot. I add, I added quite a lot of personal um, interpretation into the piece. So you can find that um, if you look at the music, especially in the second movements of the you know all, all four seasons, yeah. um, I put many ornamentation in the long note, so it sounds more interesting instead of just a long note. That, that's more like a tradition they would do three, 400 years ago during Vivaldi's time. So um, everybody has their own rendition. So it's, it's, it's kind of interesting to hear different people perform on the same piece, especially Baroque music. So I'm very, um, very much looking forward to, to my first collaboration with the uh, ICO and Maestro uh, Matthews. Thank you. Yes, well, we're excited as well. And I have to ask, being in the more logistical side of our organization um, in Taiwan, when you were performing um, throughout 2020, um, we were performing as well for the most part, um, but not with audiences. Everything we were doing was virtual, which is still something that we have available right now. Um, Was that something that they explored as well? Uh, Or were they really just going traditionally back to a ticketed audience um, with a seat? Well, for the most part, we did like a normal concert okay. with a full house of audience. But, you know, uh, for example, during uh, since this May, we actually had a little outbreak. So we had to shut down for two to three months, actually, 2021 and during May. And um, there, there were no live concerts allowed. So orchestras, they actually plan something like what you did um like a they make it like a smaller ensemble mm-hmm. and everybody is like you know two uh how do you say two two meters apart like six feet apart yes and and everybody with a mask and they they do a virtual concert online and people can you know still appreciate arts but but it's, it's still very different to me i mean going into a real concert versus you know watching it online still it's a very totally different experience. Oh, we totally agree. Um, We've had just a handful of concerts back with live audiences and just having that conversation and that energy between the audience and the musicians. There's 
there's no substitute for that, no matter how hard you try. And it was such a joy for us to be able to continue making music, but to return to a live audience experience for both our musicians and even our audience members um, has been our ultimate goal to find a, a way to do that safely. So we're, we're so excited to do that. Um, you know, I know that you're the 2018 gold medalist of the quadrennial competition. Um, and reality being that 2020 and 2021 have been quite possibly the longest years of our lives. You're, you're almost the longest winner ever. Um, if you can think back to 2018 um, and that process of the competition, I'm sure our audiences would be very curious to know what that was like for you, um, what you played, and um, just a little bit about that experience. Sure. Um, since 2011, I started to participate in international competitions. And, you know, uh, Indianapolis competition is, has always been my dream to even go into, not to mention winning, you know, because it's one of the most uh, significant one in the whole world. Well, I actually consider it's the top four in the whole world. So when I was there, I will remember, um, you know, we had to prepare uh, four rounds, um, including the first round we, we did solo box sonatas, Paganini, Caprice, and I remember a Mozart sonata, plus a little short encore piece. And then the second round we did uh, like a recital. So we all had to play one of the Beethoven uh, sonatas. And, and then another romantic sonata and a showpiece plus a commissioned piece. And then the third round and the fourth round is considered the final round. And the third one, we play a Mozart concerto uh, plus a Chrysler arrangement for a, a violin and a chamber orchestra. And then the grand final is the, a romantic concerto. And um, the special special memory for me is you know because usually in the final round people would play something like Brahms, Tchaikovsky, Sibelius, you know, even Shostakovich, these you know like a real competition piece you know it's like a cloud crowd pleaser and also the judges usually prefer those pieces because they they you know they they, they play it a lot so they, they have their own um, interpretation so they can judge easily. But I remember I um, I chose to play the Brooks Scottish Fantasy, which is a very unusual choice during a final of the competition. And actually, in fact, I was told that um, the 2018 Indianapolis, that was the first time they put the, the Scottish Fantasy in the list of the final choice. So actually, I was the first one in history yeah. ever, ever played that piece in the final. And then I... Very luckily, uh, very honorably, I got the first prize and also I won the prize for the Romantic Concerto. So that's a very meaningful for me because I I was very bold to choose the piece. And then, you know, because the piece is one of my favorites and I really want to express my feeling and my, my heart through the piece. And I, I'm very glad that it worked out. Yeah, well, that's exciting. And what a wonderful thing to look back on. Um, so you've already kind of mentioned some of the things you've been able to do over the past few years. Um, maybe you can share with our audiences what you're on to next. What's what's next for you? Okay. Where, you where were you most recently, I guess, also? 
So um, during the pandemic, I went back to Taiwan, like I said, and um, earlier this year, I got uh, invited to teach in the, the National University of Taipei. So it's actually uh, a full-time professorship. So now I, I'm teaching both. When I'm in Taiwan, I teach um, in person, but Like for example, when I come here, I teach virtual lessons. So it's all it always it's also a new things for Taiwan to do like virtual lessons as everybody right. in the world, right? It's because of the the new life, like we're we're trying to adapt to the new way of you know working yeah. and teaching and learning. So, so what's the time difference for you teaching lessons right now? Are you getting up in the middle well, of the night? Yeah, it's thirteen hours for now for the winter. 13 hours. So it's either early in the morning or late night. So it's oh my goodness. <laughs> cool. yeah. And also, um, I came to New York uh, when uh, later, wait, when did I come? Early October. And I performed with the uh, Chamber of Music Society of the Lincoln Center. We played a concert in San Antonio and then we played an opening concert at the Alice Holly Hall uh, in Lincoln Center. And then, um, so after this concert, I actually will fly back to Taiwan immediately, immediately to do the required two weeks quarantine plus one week stay at home quarantine. Oh. You know, you know, in Asia, we all have to do that. Like we have to stay in hotel. Just the, that that two exact room in a hotel or two, yeah, two four weeks, and then after that one week of self quarantine at home. So we cannot do any rehearsal. We cannot go to a public place. No restaurant. Everything else. So it's gonna be tough. It's my first time. But you know, my Taiwanese friend, they 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 have done it many times. So so I'm giving you some tips on how to how to get by. <laughs> yeah. So they said Uber Eats is your good friend. You know, because <laughs> the, the quarantine hotel they provide foods, but usually they're not as good. Mm -hmm. So they tell me you you basically you just Uber eat it. Every day, <laughs> yeah. So then I go back and then quarantine, and right after I got out of the quarantine, I will start the rehearsal with the National Taiwan Symphony Orchestra, and I'm gonna play the Prokofiev Second Valley Concerto with them. Oh, wonderful! Wonderful. Yep. So um, I'm always fascinated to to learn about, a little bit about the instrument that you'll be playing on Saturday night. So um, maybe tell me a little bit about the instrument that you're you've brought with you um, for this stay in the United States, essentially? Or did you bring more than one instrument from Taiwan? Well, actually, I, I, I'm I currently playing on two violins, uh, okay. both on loan from the Indianapolis competition. Uh, the first one is the, the famous Kingo Stradivarius violin. And the other one is the one I'm actually going to play. Uh, it's a violin made in 2017, made by uh, American luthier. Uh, his name is Sam Zygmuntovich. He's actually one of the most um, sought-after modern violin maker nowadays. Um, so this violin, uh, why did I choose this one? Uh, because to me, it, it, I don't know, the violin projection, the first, first thing, the most important thing actually is the projection of the violin because I play a lot of concertos and um, I really don't want to be uh, drowned by the large orchestra, especially, you know, Concerto like like you know Tchaikovsky concerto or Brahms concerto, so orchestra part is always very thick. So you want to be heard, even though the last role of the audience, 
you want them to hear you too. So, yeah. so protection of the violin is always the most important thing that I um, focus on. So this violin not only has a huge projection, but it has a different layers. And actually I can um, do a lot of color changes through the violin. Like no matter how I push, how deep I push it, it just can give me more potential, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, I've been playing this violin for almost three years, actually over three years. So since 20, no, 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 almost three years. So um, I'm, I can say I'm pretty in love with this violin. And um, if I don't, if I didn't tell you this is a modern violin, I'm sure nobody will, nobody can tell it's a modern violin because actually the violin uh, has been worked on antique, uh, antiquing. So actually the violin looks like an old violin instead of a new violin. So it's, um, if I, didn't tell you, you would never know because the sound is gorgeous and um, the look is also very antique. I'm excited to hear and see it. Um, I have to ask because you're traveling a great distance with these very unique and expensive instruments. Do you have any um, travel stories regarding your violins? Um, do you carry them both on? Do you buy a seat for them? How does that work? Well, Violin is a, a little bit easier than viola and cellos, you know. <laughs> um, usually, I just take them with me, and usually no problem. Um, sometimes, um, when I travel with my violin and the carry-on, they usually like ask me to check in the carry-on. But uh, with violin, I actually never had any problem with to bring it uh, up to the cabin. Usually, Wonderful. so I hope I didn't just uh, jinx you or anything, so that you don't ever have any problems traveling with your instruments. Yeah. Well, um, I think that's probably enough for today. Uh, we're so excited to hear you play and for this iconic piece and and really this concert that is multiple years in the making, bringing that to fruition. Um, just in a few short days. So if you don't have tickets already, you can visit icomusic.org uh, where we have tickets available. There's live in-person tickets as well as a virtual option that will be available on demand 10 days following the concert and for 30 days thereafter. So we encourage you to enjoy the ICO and we look forward to your performance, Richard. And thank you so much for your thank time you. today. Thank you.